Welcome in to another episode of the I Am Ready podcast. I am Jay Sparks, entrepreneurship coordinator here at Ready, one of the co-hosts of this this interesting experiment we are working through this year. Um, And I am joined by my fabulous co-host, Lisa Driscoll-Hawksby. Hello. Hello. How's it going? It is great. It is, um, I'm going to tell on us because I'm going to say we said another episode because we're in the midst of trying to figure out even what day it is today. So to think about (laughs) what number of episode we're on, that's a little beyond us on this uh, Friday afternoon recording, but I'm happy to be here nonetheless because we have another rock star to talk about today. We do. Almost a literal rock star. Um, And it doesn't matter what episode number it is. When you get a chance to put Nick Danger and a microphone in the same room. You take that chance. You do it. Nick, how's it going, man? It's going good. No complaints. No complaints. Exciting. Okay. Nick is a pub client uh, and a very, very busy, busy man. Uh, And we are happy that you took some time to to come in and join us. Talk a little bit about um, economic development through the lens of the people, the people who participate in it. And you might not even realize, Nick, when you stopped in with Ready, as you knew Ray and and Jay and everybody here, that you were participating in economic development. By now, you probably do, um, just because you talk to us all the time about stuff. Um, But we always like to start with kind of an origin story. Who is Nick Danger? Why is he here? What's important about where you came from? And and what are you doing here? Yeah, um, I'm a native of Columbia, Missouri. I got started in the arts in the fourth grade. Uh, before that, I was really introverted. I didn't really. Uh, That's hard to believe, by the way. Can I just? Uh, I know I don't. I should. I try not to jump in very often. That's very hard to believe. Oh yeah, didn't. Uh, I was actually really pushed into the arts by my dad. He would see me like doing things in my room, like dancing. And there was a specific time where Gotcha it was an old costume shop downtown, and they were located on Ninth Street. There was like a dance circle, and I was. He he knew that I liked to dance, and he just pushed me in the circle, and I was scared and he was like no stay out there and so just kept doing the one move I knew and then from that point on I was like that wasn't bad and it just gave me the courage to just keep going no matter what even if you just have you know uh, just a little arsenal of whatever you're doing and whatever industry you just have to start somewhere and so from that point on out that gave me the confidence and then in the fourth grade uh, there was a portrait unit the composition notebook I remember it like it was yesterday slid it to me and then it just everything changed. Even just the notebook itself, I had not really seen a book like that. And uh, then we started talking about poetic device and your feelings and implementing your feelings with uh, it in different ways and different styles of poetry. And uh, everything became a story. Everything that I saw became a song or a poem or a form of expression. And then I was just like a vessel to translate from the things I would see here, all my senses into a piece that other people could interpret and experience and uh, yeah and it was just a form of communication that developed I always say I was uh, born over again that day it's like learning another language and all of a sudden people can understand or understand where you're coming from more and they feel what you're saying with less words more impact and so it taught me less is more uh, at times and uh, just ran with that ever since uh, my first name, my artist name was Another Human, and I, I came up with that because I feel like anybody can do it. I'm just a vessel, a conduit, just another human. When people go, oh my gosh, you're so good. I'm like, you're so good too. They're like, what? They're like, I'm just another human. I'm just using the things around me. I mean, I call it art alchemy. It's just one thing becomes another thing, and uh, that's what was happening. I was explaining it to people, and it 
it was just like this light that was, it was shining and other people I would show them that they had the same thing and I like I never even thought of myself that way so yeah when you speak you can sing you can rap when you move you dance your heart is the first beat you have and so that's already in your chest you already have a natural rhythm and I think we kind of as a baby we already have these things implemented in this in the society and everything around us unworks it and unwinds it and makes it more complicated than you meet people like you know Jay or Ray and then they they like, oh, no, no, you already have the skills, you know, and the different mentors along the way have shown me you already have it. You just have to realize you have it, you know, take, be actual and, and, and realizing what you have. And so, uh, yeah, to jump forward again. Uh, so it was another human. I started a band called Disrupted Perceptions. It had myself, my friend Atlante, he would rap and uh, do poetry in Spanish. Uh, I was really inspired by Rage Against the Machine and was all just thrown together, rock, rap. I would break dance in the middle of it with the live band. And uh, yeah, I was just blessed to have so many different influences. My grandmother would always uh, show videos, you know, Bobby Brown, Shaka Khan, and then, you know, Jumping the Rock, you know, Van Halen, Def Leppard, The Eagles, America. And then uh, it was just so much different influence from, you know, Def Jam and the hip hop and then the foundation. And I would just meet people and the culture and it was develop, develop, develop. And it's just a, always a, a journey and it's never ending. I would say roads are made for the journey not the destination. If more people realize that, I think growth would be easier to comprehend and to let happen. And uh, yeah, art is, is a journey and the expression is just points in the journey. So when people see these art pieces, whether it be you know visual or they're hearing it, it's just, it's just like a mile marker. You're seeing where the person is in time and how they're interpreting their surroundings. And uh, that's really just how it all came together. Nick Danger came about uh, because I had a shirt that said Nick Danger. And people would, I would be promoting events and shows and people would say, okay, Nick Danger. And I was like, huh. And one day it just stuck when I was sitting with myself. It's like, that sounds like a, a superhero name. It's like, okay, Nick Danger. I could go with that. And then over time it became Nick Danger. You know, a tagline right. that you get into marketing and setting yourself apart. And the way you do anything is how you do everything. So uh, the more you implement that, you, you start to set yourself apart and then you become that thing, that entity, uh, separate from yourself, something that people know, relatable, and that they, you know, eventually grow to hopefully want to see. Uh, so that's how I got Nick Danger. How I really broke into the industry, I used to, uh, so I was always doing music, always dancing, but I would sit back and observe, and I realized, okay, everybody's going down this path. I need to choose another way to get to the, the point and to stand out. So uh, event coordination, I remember at 16, I threw an event at the mall, and uh, I brought in uh, Johnny, which is uh, ex uh, Excessive Events, Blue Diamond Events. He was one of my first mentors and DJs. I brought him in and another known DJ. And I booked him. And when they got there, they were like, okay, who's, who's organized it? I said, I am. And they were like, okay, that's funny. You're a kid. Who's organized it? I am. And then the mall came and said, he organized it. So I had two DJs in the mall at 16. I set up the dance event, and I filled it to capacity. Then they moved to the J.C. Penney's wing, or the Dillard's wing, and they filled that to capacity, too. And I'm like, we just can't do this. You're bringing in too many people. I never thought the mall would say that. I'm like, yeah, but they're shopping, but it's kind of, you know, whole other thing. From that point on, I knew I was, I had something different. I could, I could, I was moving different. And so uh, then I got into, okay, how can I perform my music? Everybody was telling me, no, no, it's the Blue Fugue was there at the time. It's not open mics, but I noticed nobody was there. I was like, no, we need to do it different. Okay, parties. Everybody likes the party, so I started promoting parties for other people. I would promote so hard, they would, they would say, wow, is this, this is your party? I was like, no, but they knew me. That was the face because I was doing the legwork. And so I used that as leverage with people like uh, 
getting into different venues, you know, I formed relationships with people like Richard King, uh, Melly, or Millie? Miley, I can't remember, it's been a while, but she was also at the Blue Note Night. They just saw my work ethic, they're like, yeah, what do you want? I want to perform. And then, okay, I need to get paid. And then it just kept going and kept going. Then I would say, okay, who do you know? And you cross, CC me in an email to the next person, the next person, the next person. And then it just grew like that. So people are like, how, do you, how did you do it? How do you get these shows? And like, just proving yourself, you know, showing up early, late, promoting, whatever you can add in value. And then before you know it, you've made your way into the industry. And I think a lot of people who are in this industry have realized, okay, you have to go off the beaten path to get to the point you want to be and to stand out. Um, and so that's what I've done. And that's what I continue to refine and do over and over again. Uh, to really be special and to be special to people and to hold value, be a linchpin to uh, to people in this industry, music industry, and, and show that you can do different things, philanthropy through music and unity and diversity and inclusiveness and, and, and everything else. You can bring everybody together in different ways. I think people get so set in one way and they forget why. what is your why, why am I doing this? okay, I want to unify the masses. Why? Because when I was younger, I didn't have that opportunity. It wasn't really there. There was tools, but not people didn't really get where I was coming from. They would judge me how I look, you know, how you walk, how you talk. This isn't country. This isn't this. And so I, I really want to change that and uh, bring the city together as I'm rising and uh, bring opportunities back and also show people you can do anything. It's just kind of thinking outside the box. So, you know, the two things I would say is critical thinking and imagination. If you think critically through a situation, you can see many different ways to, from start to finish. And then if you use your imagination, you can implement those ways in creative ways or directions. And uh, you'll definitely have something new. That's the art alchemy of it, is cultivating and bringing it into fruition with your imagination. And people call yeah. you crazy, but then the same people turn around and say, oh my gosh, you know, you're a genius. Heard the story about uh, uh, Elon Musk. He was saying he was talking to one of his mentors. He's like, I'm gonna go, uh, you know, to Mars and do all these things. And he's like, oh, yeah, that'll never happen. And he said, he, he, one tear fell down his face at that time. He's like, well, I'm just going to show him. And then the same person's like, oh, wow, that's, you did it. You know, you can't, you know, people have their expectations and their limitations. You can't let that be what stops you. And I've never let that stop me. I have it in my heart, I have it in my mind. I'm going to do it. It's not, and I do it because I love it. So, it, you know, pleasing other people, it's, you know, a lot of people won't see your vision, but they will at the end, you know, oh, I always knew it, you know, our Nick Danger, this, that, it's human nature, if you understand people, so I just stay positive, I do it, remember why I do it every time I wake up, best foot forward, and I always remember the way you do anything is how you do everything, and just be you, and all the pieces will fall in as long as you're willing to learn and have mentorship, and also teach, because you learn through that, so. Heck yeah, it. yeah. That's a, that's a good retrospective for, for Nick Danger, for sure. Absolutely. And so we talked a little bit about being an artist and a promoter and an organizer. Um, what would you say is probably your strongest professional focus like today? Performing. Okay. Performing more and more. Is, you know, that was always my vision, but not to do other things, to get to that point where I can just go full force, perform, perform. I have other things I do too as well, but that's the main the main thing that's where I'm funneling a lot of my energy. Yeah. That's awesome. And so for those of us that are not in the entertainment industry, mm -hmm. what is when you're living in some place like Columbia, Missouri, what does it look like to become successful as a performer, to, to get gigs and things like that? What's the process? You know, for most of us, 
we had a regular eight to five kind of a job where we went someplace specific and we filled an application and we got interviewed and now we're doing the job. Your world is very different than that. And so help the rest of us kind of understand what it looks like to be an artist and a performer on a daily basis. Okay, so um, when we talk about, uh, you know, working in an eight to five or nine to five, you have the application process. My application would be my EPK, which stands for electronic press kit. Or you can have a one sheet. Uh, these are comprised of, uh, you know, what you've done, some excerpts from, uh, you know, newspapers, magazines, uh, references. I guess that would be like the excerpts or have like people saying they did a great job, good show, you're a good person, uh, you know, some of your music and a, a bio. And so that's like your application. And the same with a one sheet is that just condensed with less and straight to the point because all these people have so much going on. And so... Um, Day to day is just, you know, I have a booking, a booking agent, they, they just shoot out the, the EPK and, you know, we would like to we inquire about shows and then you go back and forth and you get your, your contract and you sign it and then you get ready to promote and do the show. So that is, it parallels just a, a normal job uh, in a way or an aspect and uh, that's the way it works as far as shows and then doing it in Columbia. So I like... Uh, rural areas like the underserved population. Uh, I like to use that word. My mom was in social work, so I learned a lot about people from my mom. Uh, I like Columbia because it's it's rural. It's uh, diverse in that there's a lot of different people from different areas that come through. Some stay, some leave, but you can really just create from scratch. You know, you just get a venue, rent a venue, or do a door split, and uh, go for it. You know, promote, figure out who your your demographic is, your core audience, and now with technology, target market and, and go crazy and, you know, see what happens. But actually, oddly enough, I like the uh, the more, even more rural, the smaller towns because it's, a, you know, your overhead is, is way less. I mean, these people still look at posters and flyers. Uh, you can capture time really fast. I learned a lot from, like, uh, Tech Nine, a lot of these more indie artists, you know, grassroots, how to do it. You know, you hit the, it's a bleed effect too. You go into a major city, you hit the smaller cities around, you tour, and then you go to the big city and they kind of, they all bleed in. And so just having a strategy, being strategic and uh, having people on your team who are strategic and can also see your vision and you all put in and then you grow piece by piece and you just, boom, one day you look and you're like, wow, I have a huge audience. And I think a lot of people get discouraged, like I'm in Columbia, it'll never happen. I'm, it doesn't matter, we have the internet now. I mean, you don't have to be in L.A., and I actually prefer not to be in L.A. and New York because, I mean, you're competing with people who have money to put in marketing, they have money to override even seeing you. I mean, you can geofence places, but if you don't put that dollar up, their ads are going to override your ads. Everything you do will be overridden. So I tell people, hey, wherever you're at, become the hometown hero. Sell the story. What is your story? Everybody wants a story. So the Bible, all these other scriptures are so powerful. It's... it's Whatever you believe in, it's just the how powerful the story is. What is your story? And that goes back to what is your why? It's like a business plan, you know, core values, mission statement. You get all that together, people is really going to resonate with people, and it'll just blossom like a flower. You know, of course, there'll be adversity along the way, but it doesn't matter. If you, as long as you keep pushing and have the passion and, and, and keep focus on why you're doing it, everything else will fall into place. So. I think a lot of the answers you've given already might kind of inform my next question here, but but maybe kind of putting it together, 
you know, the other day you and I were standing outside and there was a group of, of scholars from CPS who, who were, were on a little walking field trip and we kind of talked to them for a few minutes and one of the guys said, well, I want to produce beats, I want to be a rapper. And I was like, Nick, come here, talk to this young man, right? You mm-hmm. know? And the first thing you said was, you ready? Are you ready? And I think it kind of took him back a little bit, right? He, he, he kind of didn't know how to react to that being the first question. Are you ready for something like this, right? Not, mm-hmm. not are you good enough? Do you have the talent? Any of those kind of things? Are you ready to kind of attack this? Are you ready to, to embrace this was, was what it kind of sounded like, right? Mm-hmm. But so you get a chance, you know, through Ready or through anything that you do out in the community, you get a chance to sit down with a young man or young woman who wants to move into entertainment, wants to be on stage, wants to be doing things like, like Nick Danger does here in town. What's, what's the condensed mentorship angle from Nick that you, you would pass on to somebody in that situation? Uh, so uh, the reason I always say are you ready is because beyond anything, it's a, it takes a, a lot mentally to be able to be in this industry. Uh, people don't realize in this way you can get addicted to all different things in the industry. Uh, the toll it takes on your family, your friends, your mental health, when you get rolling, there's not stop, there's change. Sometimes you don't choose, depending on the contract you sign, you don't choose what you wear. You show up, they dress you, they, they give you a rundown of what is about to happen. You Some people don't even know what city they're in because they you're just being moved, like handled. From So I tell people, you know, when you get in this industry, if you don't have kids, be mindful before creating them. If you're not in a relationship, be mindful before getting in a relationship because that's also gonna be a hindrance both on the, the spouse and the child and on you. And so that can push people to get into alcoholism, all kinds of other stuff. And so I ask people, are they ready? What do you, so I need to know like, where is your goals? Where you see yourself? What, what's important to you? Oh, well family, well maybe you should be a ghostwriter then, or maybe you should do this so then you can still be home, still make money, not worry about all the other things, the you know accusations, allegations that can come along with being famous or seen in the front. And uh, also, you know, just have asking them what a liability and an asset is, life literacy. But if you don't understand that, this is just a fast track to just destruction because you're going to have everything you want. What do you want? You got it. You got it. You got it. And you'll lose a lot and you'll owe a lot because all a record deal is is a big loan with high interest. And for you, a low return, to be honest. I uh, went to a conference and they were telling me, yeah, if we're coming to you, you don't want to talk to us. And if you're coming to us, you don't want to talk to us. Because if we're coming to you, Sam, we'll give you a million. You're probably worth five or six million in the long run. But you don't understand that patience and persistence, you have to breathe and scale. It's a business, your brand. And so, uh, yeah, when I mentor, I just really, I start with the mental part of it. Where are you at mentally? How do you feel about yourself? What do you, what, what do you value? And so I just go through these things, and it's kind of like a preliminary, and then I let them see. I don't give them the answers. So this is what, you, what do you think? If you saw this from somebody, what would you think? Where do you think they're at? And now it's making them critically think, well, if it wasn't me, this person seemed like they, you know, wouldn't do this or would do this because, you know. And so I just want them to answer their own questions. And I think that's the most important thing to learn in anything. If you could implement somebody to make them think, through a situation, now they better understand the, the why. So it's like reverse engineering the whole situation. So yeah, it's just, I like to really get in there mentally first and see where somebody's at mentally, what their vices are, you know, put your vices in check before you start doing all this, get everything ready, ready, and then you'll be good to go. You won't be blindsided, you know. So I always ask people that, and it works out. They're like, thank you, nobody's 
Because you go to anywhere else, it's okay, you need this, you need this, you need to copyright all the technical and business aspects. As you do all that, and you're like, why am I still suffering? Oh, because I didn't take care of me first. I wouldn't, you know, I didn't realize who was accountable and, you know, take responsibility and really look at what's what. So once you do that, I feel like that's the most important. So I kind of, and I never really heard anybody say that. I've Nobody ever told me that or anything. I just gathered that from being in the industry and seeing how other people were maneuvering and what they're going through. So that's... I, I approached it from that angle and that aspect. Love that. So you said something about building a brand, and um, I think it's really. Um, I would love to hear your perspective on how would you, how do you suggest to someone that they build their personal brand? I mean, because you're obviously looking at it right. You instead of it being outside in, which a lot of brand makers are just trying to put. Uh, something on top of whatever you are and you look like you're doing it very differently like drawing it out of someone so mm-hmm. talk to us about how you um, have built your own personal and professional brand and then how you would um, encourage others to do that as well I just call it highlighting so whatever you already are is kind of an exaggeration in, in branding like especially in the entertainment industry like oh my gosh that guy's funny well he probably is funny but he's not to that degree so I find aspects of who are you already? What do you stand for? Okay, if you could put that on a grand stage, what would that look like? Oh, well, I would do this. I would wear this. I would, okay, well, that's what it looks like. Use a census. What does it sound like? Well, even what does it smell like? You go to these clothes places, there's a smell, and that's one of the strongest senses. So I even spray down my merch. Well, this is what Nick Danger smells. They're not going to realize that when they smell that, it'll start triggering the colors, the show experience, what they bought, where they were at. You know, so the way you do anything is how you do everything. So really get down to the senses of your brand. And I tell people, you know, well, what does it sound like? What do you, what do you, how do you feel? How does, how do things make you feel? When you, whether it's music or whatever brand it is, it depends on the industry, then I can really break down, you know, what are your goals? How do you want people to feel? How do you feel about it? How can we marry those two? So it's really getting in there and getting intricate about the impact you want it to have and how you want to go about that. How do you want to be seen? How do you see yourself? How would you like to see yourself? There's just different questions you have to ask, really personal inner questions. And then once you answer those, then you can start drafting, okay, you know, if I'm performing, I'll wear this because this, this, this. And usually my audience relates and correlates this with this. Okay, boom. I just like this usually. Okay, what does it sound like? This. And then you just build. Before you know it, you have a, the puzzles complete. And, I, you know, that reminds me of I, te- I teach people about how to freestyle and, you know, in different genres of music I say I can't I can't oh you can't you talk right did you think about everything you're going to say no okay you're freestyling and I ask people which rap oh what is it which rock well it's just you know no I don't same thing that defines you can find you that's why a lot of times when people ask what I do I'm a creator and I'm an entertainer and I just trace it all the way down and then I, I teach people in like five minutes how to freestyle that I never knew because I can hear their words and I already hear the natural cadence I'm like you're already slow this down, pause, have inflection here, melody, this, that, and I can build a song. So I guess, in, in essence, I'm a producer, too, when it comes to that. I've just done it for so long. I start realizing, wow, everything's already there. Anything you want to do is there. You just start to define it, name it, and you can bring it out of somebody. And then you're like, wow, it was already in me. This, It's already there. You just have to put parameters on it and kind of, like, cut it and then say, this is what this is. And then people are like, wow. And so I've done that with people before, and they're like, I didn't know I could do that. Like, yeah. You know, women are naturally, to me, better at uh, the performing arts because they have the inflection and the range in their voice. They get high and low, and then this, and then very expressive. So when I hear them, I'm like, oh, yeah. 
you're you really easy men are more monotone you know like this it's just the register that we have is and so it's really that's that was an issue i had coming up was like really okay talk like this or that how does that you know people usually respond like this to this or like that to that so you know it's just being aware really bringing awareness that's one of the biggest things and then once you're aware now you know what you can do with what you have if you don't know what you have you don't know what to do and now you're lost and now you all these now you start rolling with negative energy I, I can't i well what if what if if i and and you know stage same with stage presence if i if something messes up nobody knows turn it into part of the show if the mic messes up i mean i had one time i don't feel like i'm gonna tell i'll do it anyway just for because uh i was performing and i came out it was an acapella part and i just everything went black i didn't know anything i was like you know what y'all not alive enough so I reversed it and put it on the crowd. And I went back and started again. Forgot again. Did it again, like two or three times. And then all the words came back to me. And I was performing. They were like, and that was the highlight of the show. They were like, oh, I like that. Like, you really get the crowd hype. It's like, that's where I think acting will come in place. I love, like, acting, learning method acting and all that. Because it teaches you, you know, how to be in control. If this and that. And then, you know, your body language on stage. Doing this can buy you time, too. And walking. And then just incorporating people in the crowd. Crowd participation. I also think that is a reason I stand out too. It's just really being engaging and understanding they are part of the show as much as you're a part of the show. Without an audience, there's no entertainer. A doctor without patients is not a doctor. A lawyer without clients is not a lawyer. You just have an art form. You just have a, a way of doing things, but you need the people. I'm thinking in, in entertainment, a lot of people forget you need the people. It's not always about this ego. I'm the best, I'm the best. Okay, you're the best. Who tells you that? The people. Okay, you need the people. Yep. It's a community thing. Yep. I saw a documentary and Ice-T said I would always identify early on the super fan in the front row who knew all the words because if I ever lost track, he's like, if I ever forgot the words, I would just look at the super fan and start mouthing along with the super fan and he would remind me what the next words were because he would be saying them. He'd be, he'd be doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so 100%, right? That, that crowd feedback, right? It's of, amazing. Of, of, of how it works like that. Well, one of my pet questions on our podcast as we've done all these episodes so far um, is when people start to gain popularity in the community when people whether that's through a job or an elected position or the arts or, or whatever that is as people start to, to gain a position of prominence in our community why is it important for them to give back and invest in the community that's allowed them to do that i mean i think we all know the the answer kind of in, in a holistic but why does nick think that that you know as folks in the community rise up why is it important for them to then give back it's a healthy ecosystem i mean as you give back they give back to you and it's not just about that i mean i remember coming up there was nothing when it comes to the arts there was not i mean at the twilight festival i do appreciate that as an outlet <laughs> to perform and then you know that was gone and then it's just you're just here it's just you know, n nothing. And I don't want to, I personally, if I was to leave this earth today, I don't want to see that. I want it to be, you know, flourishing in, in the arts and, and people have an opportunity to do what they want to do and express themselves. It's so important. And uh, for me, it's just knowing that there's a there's an ecosystem that's growing with arts. And, you know, I can come back and I can even be helped. Help, you know, I can be helped from that whole situation, you know. There's these kids who do this, and they, they want to sit in and do this, and they've been already, they have a record label, or they have been working on music. It, it all goes hand in hand. No matter how old you are, coming back, you can always be, they can show you something and help you get, you can have a hit single again, or, or whatever. It, it's it's important that your foundation is a 
strong foundation and something you can build off of because a house with no foundation will always fall. So, I love it. I do too. Um, so kind of bringing that idea back, and that's really that foundation is kind of what we do here at Ready is we provide um, the, the base level help or the, um, the resources and the tools and the support to move folks up from all the way from an entrepreneurial situation where it's one guy doing one thing, wanting to go somewhere, all the way to large corporations that are looking at Columbia as a place where they feel like they can come because they know that they will be part of that ecosystem. And so what is it um, for me, um, I would love to hear a little bit about what has been super impactful for you as a um, entrepreneur being part of the Ready ecosystem. What have you gained from that and what has been really important to you? I've gained perspective for sure. Um, so much is just, I've been able to see things from a different point of view. Just like I'm asking other people, I've also been challenged with, well, Nick, well, why? Well, you know, what if you look at it from this point of view? It's like, I never thought about that. And it just expansion really. I think Ready gives you a perspective on what you want to do in so many different ways. They can, you know, look at it from this way, that way, and then you can consolidate all those perspectives into like a unified vision. And, it, and there's steps. They give you steps to get there. And uh, so, you know, when I first came to Ready, it was 2015, I believe. Uh, I like to share this story with all the new hub clients because they're like, well, I don't know how Ready get. I said, so I came in, I presented at a million cups. Uh, at the time, it was for my jingles. I write commercials and jingles. It was with uh, DJ Beats. Um, we had done a commercial, and United Way was in the audience. So we said what we did, and United Way said, hey, we want to meet with you after this. And I was like, huh? So, all right. So after a million cups, we went and met with United Way, and they were like, how would you feel about being in the stadium? Because I was telling them I would like to write a jingle for Mizzou. They're like, we don't know about that, but we can use you in the stadium. I'm like, oh, yeah. And so I went from there to so Ready got me in the position to be in the stadium of Mizzou, getting paid making a song, you know, and you just never know. If you just trust the process and, and you know, everybody here at Ready, it'll, it'll all come full circle. Whether you can see it now or not, if you just use the building blocks, they'll give you, they'll throw you, hey, try this, hey, have you tried that? Because a lot of times when you're in your business, you don't think about many things, different aspects, and somebody can look and say, hey, I, from what I see from the outside, uh, I think you should try this. It may work. And so... Ready gives you so many tools to implement into your business from different directions, different perspectives, and there are people from so many different industries who can give you feedback from their industry. Hey, if I was looking at your brand, I would I see this, but if I saw this, then it would make me more inclined to want to have a partnership or a working relationship of some kind with you. And so Ready is just a, it's just a powerful tool. Just, it just bridges the gap between so many different people. And you can get into different industries that you want to, or meet with different people in your industry through here because they, they're usually here or somebody's connected to them. To them. You know, it's, uh, what is it, six degrees of separation? Mm -hmm. It's definitely here. I've met everybody I've known or is connected to Ready in one way or another. So I tell, I refer maybe too many people between Ray and Jay, like, go see them, go see them. Because I'll get them up to a point and I can't, I don't have time to answer the questions. So I'm like, you need to see them. You know, I started them with their business plan and all that, and then I was like, they they can finish it. So yeah, Ready's just a, it's a good building block. You have mentorship, you have resources, you have podcast studio, you have the 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 hub. You, 
it's just endless. And then I formed relationships, you know, through the jingle writing. I've gotten sponsorships, written jingles, done this, you know, work with different companies. I, I just don't see how you couldn't use it or wouldn't want to use it. I don't <laughs> understand. I tell people there's it's literally the answers are here. You don't have to. It's like being walked, literally. Yeah. It's just no. just be ready, you know, and they'll get you ready if you're not ready. That's so. right. All the readies. All the readies. <laughs> the readies. Well, um, Nick, one of the things we like to do at the end of near the end of our podcast, um, and we can still, if more questions come up, we can you know address those. But one of the things we like to do is kind of just turn the floor over to our guests. We've asked some pointed questions and some guided questions that we like to kind of make sure we're kind of checking the box for what mm -hmm. this podcast kind of is. But the podcast, just like a, a creator without a crowd, the podcast isn't something without the guest um, as much. And so we want to turn the floor over. And if there's anything we haven't covered or anything else you want to say, you've got the ear of, you know, that that room full of people that those all those connections you just talked about. Um, what would you like to share with them or, or make sure is covered? Yeah. Um... So upcoming shows, I have a huge show with Nelly Lampy, Missouri, August 19th, those things. And we have also, I won the Hip Hop Artist of the Year, Missouri Magazine. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to do more jingles and commercials while I have somewhat uh, of a little bit of downtime. So I'm looking to, for businesses that, that like jingles and commercials written. I'm very excited to do that. It's one of my jingles is on the radio now. And somebody just told me, they sung it to me yesterday. I was like, wow. I wrote that. JR has sung that. So, you know, to, to, to see my creation apart from me is amazing. And, and to not even have my name involved, it, it's a whole nother aspect. It does something to you. You feel proud. It's like seeing a kid go to college, you know, or, you know, get their first car, whatever, whatever it is. And so, yeah, I'm just uh, excited. You can check me out at nickdanger.com. That's N-I-C-D-A-N-G-E-R.com. I have merchandise on there. Tour dates will be going up on there. Um, and my jingle portfolio will also be going up there. We're actually working on that part of the site. Um, let's see. Yeah, so far, I think that's uh, that's pretty much it. And just don't give up on whatever you're doing. Just think of things in a different way. Use your creativity to think about your business and your industry. Read. Find out about other people. I, I know that sounds crazy to say read. If so many people don't. Read. It's so important to read because there's things that's written in books that sometimes it's not, you know, just out there. And then also I always ask people, you know, what is one book? What is one of your favorite books? I have a book that's, that's so big now from that. But it's just, uh, it all comes together. And be willing to hear other people's stories. What did you do? How did you do it? Who was one of your mentors? And uh, yeah, just always remember that accountability and responsibility will get you really, really far and the, the faster you can learn that, the more quick you'll get to the success you want to see. And it's, it's, it's persistence, it's patience. Love the journey. That is the reward. The journey is it's not the accolades. It's not, the, oh, my gosh, you did this plaque and that plaque. Because that's just a milestone saying, okay, we see you came this far. You've done this. It's acknowledged that you've done this. That's all. That's it. It's still going to trickle back down to the people you have, your family, the people you have around you, the people you inspire. That's it. So. Yeah. Well, Nick, I think it has, at least for me, been a delight to have you in the podcast. I appreciate you. You have brought a lot of great energy in here that will hopefully be in here remaining for the next person that gets to use this space. And we could not be happier that you are a part of Ready because 
you are definitely the energy and the personality and the critical thinker that we need in our community and your willingness to share all of that with others is just really incredible and so thank you for being a great part of what helps us do our work it's really um it's it's really nice to have allies that are everywhere and you're certainly one of those folks for us I appreciate it. Yeah, and I just want to say as we wrap up here for, for this episode of I Am Ready that, that it's been an inspiration for me working with you. Um, I, I hardly feel like like coach, coachy. I mean, I feel like we just have these discussions, um, and I feel like I think we both learn, we both grow out of those discussions, and when you're in a position like this and you deal with entrepreneurship day in and day out, you can't really ask for much more than that. So I appreciate uh, for you being in the Ready family and uh, for paying your taxes by coming on the podcast, for being part of the Ready family um, and, and sharing your journey and your viewpoint, your perspective with more people and uh, more discussions, right? Maybe oh, yeah. Connect with more people and more discussions. So um, we'll wrap up here with this episode of the I Am Ready podcast and we will be back uh, with more goodness uh, sometime soon. So keep checking your news links and we'll be back. Thank you so much.